I would load maybe six units of growth hormone the day before and then cut the water at a certain time. And I would add a level of, I don't know, like athleticness to the physique. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning back into the Blood, Sweat & Gear Coaching Q&A. Today, Skip, Andrew, and myself are hanging out with Vigorous Steve. we got a bunch of topics we're going to cover tonight. Uh, there's timestamps below. If you want to skip around, we're going to start out talking about ment. Trust alone. Do we suggest it to our clients? What do we think about it? We're also going to talk about growth hormone. Growth hormone for a bikini competitor, but then, interestingly, growth hormone loading into a show. I've never done it before, but Steve and Andrew both have, so we're going to talk about that. We'll discuss gear in the old days versus gear today, which was better. You always hear that the old stuff was much better than it is today, but I don't know. We talk test to primo ratio, and then we have a really advanced one uh, using Humulin R intramuscular. You know, that's not for the newbies out there. Plus, guys, we got a bunch more. If you're new to our content, let me encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell. We have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week. Tons of entertainment and education from IFBB pros, experienced coaches, and educators in our industry. We're all here to help you do better at the sport that we love, have some fun, and stay safe in the process. All right, guys, let's get to the program. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear. Of course, I'm here with coaches Skip Hill and Andrew Berry. I'm Scott McNally, and today we are joined again by the one and only Vigorous Steve. All of our programming is What's brought up, to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for additional savings. We're also brought to you by supplementsource.ca for those of you in Canada. And if you're in the UK, check out Strom Sports Nutrition. And of course... Not last, last, but definitely not least. Thank you to everybody from Patreon. I appreciate everybody who's helping the program out. Today, we're going to talk about uh, a very popular compound that a lot of people are using nowadays, trestolone, trestolone acetate, trestolone anethate, mint, also known as mint. And uh, it's going to be, uh, I think, a fun conversation. Steve, we're glad to have you back, man. We've gotten a lot of great feedback about all the shows we've done with you. It's always good to be on board, man. It's uh, This was one of the last podcasts I wanted to come on. So, um, yeah, my mission is accomplished. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you, man. So we were talking Absolutely. a little bit before the show. You, you've you never, meant is one of the things you've never actually taken yourself. No, no. So I, I did a lot of research when it first came out and, you know, people started to popularize it because, you know, people that started selling mint we're very pro mint, of course, and that phase is kind of, I guess, kind of <laughs> quite close at, at at this point. So I started doing a lot of research, and I saw that mint tristolone was originally designed as a male contraceptive. So that already was a bit of a red flag for me, and it never got FDA approved. So there's not so much medical literature on mint, right? But this is a couple of years back when it first came out. So. You go to the anecdotal reports on the bodybuilding forums, and you see that people have post-injection pain, gyno, horrible um, estrogen rebound, and all sorts of issues. So it's just like, you know what? Maybe this drug is not for me. So I, I never really got around to try it. And now that there's more reports on it, and then people really dived more into the research, um, it does start to look a little bit more appealing. But I'd rather have kids first and then try it ah. um, if it's such a potent anti-contraceptive. So, you know, maybe it's, it's still on the to-do list. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, I don't have any experience with mint or DHB for that matter. Okay. Now, what about you guys, Skip and Andrew? Have either of you tried mint? I can't remember offhand. I won't touch it. You won't touch it? Andrew? I yep. haven't. I, I, I did it for – I did it um, 
I think I only did one run with it like four or five years ago. And, and, you know, I did the same kind of research Steve did. And I, I like to try things sometimes because there's a client desire for information on it. Um, I wanted to have some of my own anecdotal, um, you know, advice to give them. And it's not something that I, I don't think I've ever written it into someone's plan unless they say, Hey, I love mint. It works for me. It's not one of my go-to compounds. Um, you know, I didn't experience the, uh, the post injection pain, but I also, my reasoning for not continuing it or for not, um, utilizing it in the, in the wheelhouse is I just don't, I think there's more effective compounds out there that mm-hmm. carry less side effects. You know, yeah. I feel like there is probably the most dramatic shutdown of HPTA. I feel like, um, the uh, conversion to estrogen is just something that is so hard to manage with it. Ooh, and I yeah. don't like to push. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I try to keep the um, AIs as low as possible with cycles. And I just find that like, it's, there, there's better ways to get the job done in my opinion. I, I don't know if you guys, if you think, agree. Yeah, I'd agree with I that. I think mint is one of those drugs that nowadays with more information that we have, it's like a low dose compound. So people mm-hmm. usually get good responses results with 50 milligrams to 100 milligrams per week and then of course there's some crazy guys that run her up to 350 milligrams a week but that seems to be the upper tolerable limit and it's the same philosophy as people have nowadays with train 50 milligrams a week 100 150 milligrams you know back to the 90s when people were using the parabolic and amps and so i think that maybe for some people maybe at a higher level it's required but for most bodybuilders or recreational lifters that take a little bit of PEDs and steroids here and there, I don't think it's needed at all. You know, it's, it, yeah. it, if you have Primo and Mastrone and, and testosterone available and some pharma anivar like Skip always likes, uh, <laughs> I think you can get the job done, you know, just the same. Yeah. I'll yeah, I, agree. I think there was like, okay. I think there's like been a movement over, you know, whenever a compound comes out that most people haven't tried. That's, that must be the Holy grail. That must be what I'm lacking. That's going to bring me yeah. to the next level. Yeah. And, and I feel like we kind of go through the cycle. Like, like Steve mentioned the DHB, which we covered, I believe in our last episode, mm-hmm. two yes. episodes ago. And we all kind of had the same consensus on that, that it really doesn't have much of a place in bodybuilding because there's more effective compounds with less side effects. that are going to get the job done for you. Yeah. Right. I ran it twice. I ran it once in like 2009, something like that. And at the time, all I knew about it was there was like the one article that had been copy pasted into a thousand different websites talking about (laughs) meant and how it was like, you know, this this wonder drug that nobody could get their hands on and all that. And uh, I was uh, sponsored by a company that started producing it. I was sponsored by a gear company. They started making it. They brought it back. And um, I used their, they had an acetate version. I ran 50 milligrams every other day, not knowing about the estrogen conversion. I ran it into a contest. And I remember I had a very difficult time controlling fluids. Like I didn't look back because I was absolutely peeled, but I could see like major sock marks where I could see like at the end of the day, oh, I'm holding a lot more water. I was going to up it to 75 every other day. And then I dropped a vial on the t- on the tile floor and it broke. And I was like, fuck. But I was probably better probably off. Probably a good thing. Yeah. yeah it's I was probably, probably better off. Yeah, it's better. I didn't Did it burn like a hole through the yeah. tile floor? Like the, the, the solvents are so potent that it just kept dripping no until right? the, yeah, yeah. the first floor. So that's I a problem with a lot of these. The tile labs, started holding know? water. I mean, yeah. that's a pretty yeah. bad sign right there. I didn't <laughs> notice like many negative sides outside of that, like anything really. And the idea was I wanted to try this to experiment with it, 
help kind of promote the company that I was sponsored by. Plus, I didn't want to use Trend again. I had a bad experience the year before with Trend. So that's what I did. I used it again in 2020, and that's when I was at my strongest. And it's when I was down here in the basement gym, working as hard as I could on getting as strong as I could on my dumbbell incline bench press. And I was running just test for quite a while at 600 milligrams. And then I added in 100 milligrams of ment. I got the anethate version this time. I lasted five weeks before I pulled it out. Everything had been going smooth. My mood was great. Everything was awesome. I was at my strongest. I added the ment, and within that first week, I felt an incredible strength increase, like fucking off the mm-hmm. charts increase. It was amazing. And I, I literally was getting scary strong because I'd already like spent so much time building that strength up. Then um, I ended up starting to get, I started feeling dark. Like I just started feeling mm-hmm. negative. Yeah. Like it started changing my mood and my workout started getting more like aggressive and not a fun way. And I felt like that darkness was like carrying over into the rest of my day. And then my estrogen yeah. started getting out of control. I started feeling nipple sensitivity up to the arimidex. Before you know it, I was on literally a milligram of arimidex a day to keep the, insul- the, the, the nipple sensitivity down. And that's when I said, fuck it, I'm, I'm not going to use this stuff. And I literally tossed the rest of the vial. That said, it took about two months for me to get that shit back under control. Like it didn't just turn around when I stopped it. it took about two months and I kind of, I could tell my libido wasn't where it should have been. So you know, I, I dropped it from there and I'm with you, Andrew and you skip. And, and obviously with you too, Steve, I, I don't, it's not something I ever write into people's plans. If somebody wanted to use it, I would try to honestly steer them away from it. If they wanted to use it, we would, but I would prefer to use a lot of other things first. Agreed. I've, I've only Isn't met one guy that really loves it. it. You, you go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Mine is a, a poorly timed, really bad, tasteless <laughs> joke. So you go ahead. Go ahead. I <laughs> like tasteless that jokes. You, it's better that you talk. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear the tasteless jokes. <laughs> I know, That's but I already gave for. it away. So if I, now I have to try right. to sneak it in later. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Okay. 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 So well, my story was that I only met one guy who actually loved mint and he was an IFB pro from Korea. He went to the Olympia. Um, and I think he ran like upwards of a gram of mint per week. Holy shit. How did he look? What? He looked bubbly as fuck. <laughs> he did he, very, did he have a dry? Big. Well, actually, we, we could probably figure it out because there's not too many South Korean pros that made it to the Olympics. Yeah. We could probably go back through the archives. But <laughs> yeah, 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 in, yeah, yeah. in your opinion, was, was he dry on stage when he competed? No. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, and he worked with a guy that really loves his mint. So, um, yeah, I think Skip will know who that is. So, yeah, that's how it's the only guy that really ran it. And then he switched coaches and he, you know, moved over to a generic cycle of test, trend, masterone, and then a little bit of windstroll, and he looked better, hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the only instance that I can recollect that somebody actually loved their mint that looked like something. So besides all the guys on the forums and in my comment section that say mint is <laughs> shit, everybody should run mint. 700 milligrams of mint is, you know, the God's gift uh, to the bodybuilding community, uh, but I don't know what those guys look like. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, you know what's you funny know is when I do read it. comments like that, I do sometimes click on their profiles because I'm like, all right, maybe I'm missing something. And I look mm. and the physiques don't back up more often than not yep. the claims that they're making, mm. you know, like yeah. that 700 milligrams of mint, I, in my opinion, isn't doing a lot of these people um, 
any justice or any any benefit really. And I, think I, I don't know why. Arrogant. But it might make them feel like they're elitist in a sense because they're using something yeah. that goes so against the grain that other people aren't using. Mm. You know, I, I kind of find this with people that are DNP coaches that that, that use DNP for oh, fat yeah. loss agents. Like they kind of have this air of like, well, you just don't know how to use it properly. It's like, yeah. no, I don't. I don't want to put people's health at risk. Like that's just not my game. That's exactly. I'm not willing to do that. You know. Um, so yeah, I just yeah. Back to what you were saying. Sorry. What about yeah, the done. what about the age demographic here with, that is using mint? Is there a because you know from what I've seen and listen, there are two things I have never used, which is funny because I've always said I've used pretty much everything you know five different ways, but I have not used check drops and I haven't used mint. And you know it's funny that you said Andrew, you know you like to know or you like to use things so that when your clients ask about it that you have first. And I feel the same way, but yeah. for some reason, I guess I look at mint and I think. And this is just my my perspective. I think that it's one of those things or one of those compounds that the next generation, I can say that because I'm fucking old, the next generation just, oh, man, like you said earlier, the holy grail. But they tend to think every generation does this. We probably did this, too. Oh, man, the last generation didn't think of this. Man, we're doing this. No, they thought about it. They did it, and it didn't fucking work. So they didn't yeah, talk yeah, about it. You didn't hear them talk about it because yeah. they figured it out early on that it didn't work. Now I'm not saying that men doesn't work. What I'm saying is I, with it being discussed kind of as a, this new compound, it's kind of an eye roll to me. Mm, yeah. and I don't, I don't want that to sound arrogant, but that's kind of how I'm just like, come on. You, you know, when you hear about shit, you hear about what 10 things every fucking year and you don't really pay attention to them until they get talked about a lot because you don't want to waste your time looking into mm. all these things like your client might ask you something you're like you know what i'm really to the point now where i say this when i hear something about it for more than a few months i'll look into it because otherwise yeah. it's fucking wasted time <laughs> there's too yeah. many things being talked about yeah. that don't get talked about for very long that i don't have the time to look into i have when, no I idea it, where it, i was going golden. with that <laughs> well, makes no, sense. but it's very true. So, what I what I usually go by is like the golden rule of what is talked about behind backstage. I coach bodybuilders for ten years, and backstage we're all open with each other. It doesn't matter which class you competed or country you compete for. You know, people go around and say, "Hey, do you have some injectable AMP? You know, or do you have some mm-hmm. pre workout with DMAA to kind of you know, all these little things you hear about backstage?" Yeah, I can't remember. People asking me for, hey, I'm on mint and, uh, you know, I really made, you know, twice the gains this year. And uh, or, or people talking about SARMs. So I, dude, the dysosterine was, you know, I put on 20 pounds of muscle. Didn't hear that backstage. But talking about plasma expanders or injectable AMP, a- you know, the, all the Indians go and the, and the Arabs going around. Do you have some ampules of AMP? Because, you know, that shit actually works. So, yeah, that's uh, I've, I've heard a lot of crazy stories from backstage, but Mint and SARMs were not a part of it. Mm, so. That's a great way of putting it, too. I think that that gives yeah. us perspective. The, I did hear high level people talking about Mint and it was at the Olympia a few years back, but they were mm-hmm. not in bodybuilding. They were, they were talking like competitive bench pressers, people who are just looking uh, for yeah. sheer strength. I can see the benefit there. And that's that those were the guys yeah. that they were, I think, finding a lot of benefit from it. And some of them preferred it over trend. Like that was to them, they were finding they were finding better results with it. But 
you know, we're talking guys that are like literally 400 pounds with a neck as big as your waist. So I, a lot, a lot of our audience isn't going for that look, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're blood pressure strength. higher than I your mean, testosterone it's... score. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you got your arm run and your, you know, your risk, your risk up and it's undetectable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's the other thing I want to bring about men is that um, I feel like it kind of hit a wave where people were trying it out because it became available on research pept- uh, peptide sites. Yeah, that's true too. Uh, and I feel like availability, especially like a younger audience where, because, you know, we, we all in the gym, we all see like the, I call them the TikTokers, the kids that are 16, 17, 18, they rip their shirts off. The first thing they do when they come in and they flex more than they actually train. Um, and I hear them talking about their SARM cycles and their this and that. Meanwhile, the girl over there who's 14 years old, who's, you know, squatting, hip thrusting, has got more musculature than these guys do. But that's besides the point. Uh, I feel like men might fall into a category where, you know, younger people, younger kids will kind of fall into it because it's more available. You know, not that it's not easy to buy gear online or through DMs or through other sources today, but I just feel like availability of, oh, I can just go online to a research peptide site with my credit card and I can buy this stuff. And and even my mom won't even know. I think Skip just made a best friend. Everything stops right now. Holy shit. You have a hairless cat. I would have three. I want that cat. Yeah. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. That is. Oh a my good god, she needs cat. attention now. This is like her petting time, but oh, <laughs> what's, like, what's her name? Don't like to be held. Twin Rova. Uh, after the video game, it is amazing. Legend of Zelda. It is amazing. Yeah. I got awesome. another one, Z- Zelda and uh, Midna, and then we're getting a fourth one, Link. Holy shit! Now, are they all Yeah. Are they all Yeah. All swings, yeah. Uh, very cool. All swings, very yeah. cool. Look yeah, at that, Andrew. I'm allergic to the to hair, so mm. oh, I always okay. wanted cats or pets. And yeah, I got some asthma, so it's you know it's a little bit problematic for me. Mm-hmm. So we went to one of those petting zoos, and then they had a sphinx cat. So I just spent most of my time there. And uh, oh, look at that Christmas cabbage! Yeah. So we we spent <laughs> a lot of time with the sphinx cat, and I I didn't get any you know uh, wheeziness or or you know loss of breath. So. Then we found the breeder here with a good pedigree, you know, high quality uh, swing cat where you can, you know, look at the the lynch, and they're all imported from Russia and America and Canada for high quality breeders. So we bought one that was the first one, twin. She's um, she's about a year now, and then I got a second one, Midna, and now we got a third one, which is technically adopted because she's one and a half years old. But that's a uh, two-eyed cat, so that's one blue eye, one yellow eye. Oh, okay. oh she's yeah. like the, a prime prime cat. Yeah, I had a, you know, my pockets were empty after that one, and then we're getting a fourth <laughs> one, which is a uh, it's a bambino. So that's a sphinx with uh, short legs. So that's going to be Link. So for the guys that are familiar with Legend of Zelda, it's a video game. I named all the the girls after uh, you know some of the girl characters and Link after the main character that you play with, but he's going to be the shortest one. So he's going to be this tall. And then all the other cats are like this tall. <laughs> Look at that. Andrew. So does he kind of have a skip, make a best friend. Well, does, does he kind of yeah. have like a well, dachshund body? Would the, would links have a, a dot, like a dot. Would he have like more of a dachshund body, like a dachshund dog? Yeah. Yeah. Like so it's like legs. more muscular, yeah, shorter, shorter legs. Yeah. And, you know, you try to play with so. them and they, they act like T-Rexes because they have, yeah. you know, super short. <laughs> it's, it looks super funny, you know, but they're all jacked. So I'm, I'm waiting, like I'm going to spay them at the last possible moment so they can fully mature. And then when they get uncontrollable, 
I spayed them. So I just spayed uh, Zelda after one and a half years, and Twin Rover we spayed after about eight months because she was getting a little bit too needy, like crazy needy. And Midnight, she's now seven months old, I think. So she'll just got about two months left, and then we'll spay her. And Link, I've just got to wait for as long as possible, maybe two years, you know, so they can fully develop. Like, I'm sure a lot of breeders would not agree with this uh, because they say spay them as soon as possible so they live longer. Um, but, you know, I'm paying an arm and a leg to, you know, do all the supplements and the blood work. I, I treat them like bodybuilders. That's cool. Um, so they get real I give my dogs yeah. CRT. I give my yeah. dogs. Oh, really? oh, yeah. I heard some guys are doing that. Yeah. 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 yeah why not? I, mean, I, I think I, you know, you improve I think the quality I got a of good, their lives. Um, I think I got a my, my, one of them died earlier this year, and I, I think we got a good yeah, extra sorry. year out of his um, his life. Um, okay, you know by 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 adding the TRT and his mental acuity improved the immediately. Quality, and right. yeah, the quality of life instead of just sleeping all day, like he wanted to go for walks again. Um, and now I'm at the yeah. point with my younger mm-hmm. one where I'm starting to do it as well. Um, just to he's 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 14 now, and I'm hoping to get 18, 19 years out of him. All right. Well, after this, we're yeah, going to get a bunch of questions about like, pet t- <laughs> what's what's a good pet TRT? How about men for your cat? <laughs> I, have, I have a client in Sweden who actually also prescribes TRT for his dog and he puts him on growth yep. hormone and testosterone, cypionate. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And the dog is huge. You would expect him to be more aggressive, right? But just on testosterone and a little bit of estrogen. Yeah, just makes him chill. You know, converting. Yeah. It makes him super chill. Right, here, he- yeah. Hear me out. 2024 is going to be the year where instead of having bodybuilding contests, we have pet bodybuilding <laughs> contests. <laughs> Mine's on DNP and Winstrol. And- right. I think the Met topic might be over. I think that's our signal yeah. that we need to move on to our <laughs> yeah. listener questions. <laughs> All right. I'm going to just jump in with what we've got here. So, guys, if you want to take part in the next show, comment below. We'd be happy to take your questions then. Um and this is more of a comment, but I thought it could lead to a question. It was kind of a cool comment. Robert says, uh, I remember back in the day, real D-ball made me super strong to the point that I was freaking myself out. These days, you can get the stronger ones, but I don't find them to be the same quality, but then it's underground stuff. That relates to our previous conversation, but I kind of wanted to ask you guys, You know, do you think that... Uh, when we're buying underground gear, that it is not as potent or that you can't get the same effect as like the real legit stuff. And I also would like to speculate too, like the old gear back in the days that everybody says is like, was so much better. Was it that it was so much better or was it that it was those guys' first cycles and now they've run like 50 cycles since then, which one is it? So I'll turn it over to you guys, Uh, you know, take it away. See what you got. Steve, you're our guest. Probably both. Yeah, go for it, Go first? Okay. So I I ran D-Ball a couple times, and uh, I've had access to those uh, typing keys over here, which I believe that Andrew is still owed a bottle of a thousand (laughs) milligrams, a thousand tablets of five milligrams. Four thousand. Four thousand tablets. It's four thousand. Four thousand. Okay. I'm not sure if I can bring all of those to the States, but... See if they reship. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I remember that story. So, um, yeah, so I tried those and, you know, honestly, it just felt like all the other D-Ball that I've ever tried. But I'm not really a big fan of D-Ball. Maybe once or twice a week, you know, before a leg day or a back day to get a nice pump. But 
you know, it's also one of those drugs, the more research you do and the more, you know, you research other steroids, oral steroids, you realize, you know, there's better alternatives out there. Why deal with all this extra methyl estradiol and, and, and you know, potential for neurotoxicity and, and, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, maybe D-Ball is fun too. You know, it's like on, on you know, a try list. You try it once, maybe twice, and then you mm-hmm. discard it. I, I don't know anybody that really runs D-Ball or, you know, real bodybuilders that run D-Ball year round or multiple times per year. So that's that's pretty much my stance on it. Um, you know, and if anything, look for quality sources. You know, there's still quality sources out there. I got a couple on my website. They sell pharmaceutical D-Ball, um, you know, not over the counter, but yeah, through, through stealth shipping. So yeah, it's always available. We had a, we had a question that we came up with. Uh, last uh, segment we did about research chemicals and efficacy like because a lot of these companies are overdosing them on purpose now Mm. and we we were wondering do you know if certain compounds they're doing that because Mm -hmm. they tend to degrade over time more so than a more stable pill form like for instance aromacin or rimadex are they overdosing that because it's going to lose its efficacy over time I think it highly depends on the compound. Yeah, I think it highly depends on the compound. So maybe peptide uh, compounds, they would degrade with shipping. You know, they go in the airplane, it's cold, and then it lands in a hotter country or different sort of temperature fluctuations might denature or degrade the peptides. But I don't think that's the case with most steroids. You know, what you see with pharmaceuticals is that Bayer, for example, Testovirin or Remobolin, those are overfilled. So you crack the ampule, you get 1.2 milliliters. You're like, what the hell? Right. Yeah, I'm only taking two ampules of Bayer test. It's 500 milligrams. No, that's 650. You get way more than you paid for. So the reason why they do that is probably for wastage. So when the nurse draws you know, from the ampule, they get one ml with a little bit to spare. But when you're a bodybuilder, you know how to draw draw every last little drop out of that ampule. You know, because you're so proficient, then those ampules are like six bucks each. So you're not going to waste anything. Um, mm-hmm. But I think with the research chems, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they overdose the Clin or the T3, you know, in those bottles, because they, uh, you know, it's such a you know, difficult way to measure microgram dosages. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and maybe they want to uh, promote the brand that way. So the first three batches are slightly overdosed. The next three batches are uh, averagely dosed. And the last three batches are oil. You know, how many times did that happen? <laughs> More than yeah. once. More than once. Yeah. And, and then they just restart with a new label. And, you yeah. know, they pay professional muscle another uh, $500 for a new uh, thread. And, yeah, here they are again. Same scam. So yeah. new name, that's, new that's why most yeah. is yeah, new name, new label. So that's why I, I, you know recently I just stick with pharmaceutical grade unless it's really from a reputable company, and um, and that's where I draw the line. I mean, there's so much drugs to try, but yeah, and also so much shit out there. And yeah. I've had my fair run-ins with infections or, or issues, or so I don't even I don't want to dabble anymore with that stuff. Skip, you've including been using. D-ball. You've been a drug user longer than all of us. As you said, you're a professional drug user. Uh, yeah, that one's come back to haunt me, too. People are using that. <laughs> They're constantly <laughs> now. They're constantly. Yeah. I'm making T-shirts with Skip's yeah. face on. Professional <laughs> drug user. Oh, God. I'm wearing one to I'm wearing talking Olympia. to Dave about it because it was posted on Elite FTS. I'm like, look, I just want to clarify oh. what that really means. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Yeah, he, he Is that online, but... that interview already? 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was live. Yep. It was live. Okay. I haven't I'll, posted okay, it I'll yet, go. but it, it is posted on Elite FTS. Yeah. Go go watch it. Yeah, I cut you off. Yeah, I'm sorry. What was your point about me being a professional well, drug user? The, the, <laughs> going back to the question, um, I mean, do you feel like gear is was better, you know, 15, 20 years ago compared to or longer compared to now? Well, <clears throat> here's the thing. The gear, and I think you guys can probably relate. The gear that we get is probably better than the gear that the large majority of people get. Um, we are better connected. I guess, because we've been around for a while. You know, I don't even think there are, I think there's a lot of people out there who don't know that there are sources that are by invitation only. You don't go find them. Mm -hmm. They find you. And then they mm -hmm. reference and they yeah. say, hey, this is so-and-so. You were referred by this person. It's all kind of, you know, very secretive. And it's, and it's safer that way, to be honest with you. So it is very appealing. Yeah. Uh, very good price. Very good quality. All that good stuff. And uh, it, again, it's just a little bit more underground. It's a little more guarded. It's a little, it's a, it's a bit safer. So I don't, I don't know that I don't think the gear I'm getting is any better or any worse than it was, you know, when I was younger, I, I, you know, I would like to think that the, you know, this look, I go back a long way. So the Brown bottled syntax Anadrol straight from the pharmacy, uh, you know, the blue bottled, uh, D-ball, the tiny, I mean, they're like this bit. Matter of fact, Anavar was in, essentially, if you had a bottle of Anavar and you had a bottle of um, D-ball, you didn't look at the label, they looked exactly the same because they were damn, they were, the bottles were both uh, like powder blue, like hmm. an ugly ass teal powder blue. But anyway, uh, I don't know that it's different. I do know that when, when I first started, I did feel like the impact from such small dosages were so much more dramatic. But that's, I think that's just first cycle second cycle third cycle yeah. shit versus mm. you know cycles that you use what 30 years later and using gear for fucking 30 years damn near 30 years i mean <laughs> holy shit it's a long time to use I'm gear this, so, surprised i'm still alive quite frankly the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the more i think about it I'm like god damn i'm still alive <laughs> I think it's also because the people like do like blasting and carousings and the, the cruises are, you know, the dosages are getting higher and higher and higher. So you don't really take a break. Like I, I noticed that I, last year I came off to resolve some non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So it's off for nine months. And then as soon as I started again, man, I, I progressed so fast. And then I, I did a little cruise and then I started again and I made less progress, less fast. Because maybe I was already bigger, but also maybe less responsive. So I do think that it's important once in a while to take a step back so you can respond to the gear. You know, and it has nothing to do with androgen receptor downregulation. That's kind of horseshit. Um, mm -hmm. But I do think that, you know, it is okay to kind of step back maybe once a year for maybe two or three months. Really come off, off, off. And then, you know, gear up again for shows or, you know, your beach holiday or whatever, your wedding. Uh yeah, whatever reason when you say off the, the, the steroids for. When you say off, Steve, are you saying you completely pulled off or you just went to like a low, low TRT dose? No, I went completely off. Yeah, I went completely off. So my testosterone came back to 600 something nanograms per deciliter, but it took a couple months. And then I came off recently and then I got 400. But again, I was only off for four months. So, you know, it's the longer you're off, the, the better your levels will be if your levels can return. Luckily for me, they can still return. Um, yeah, I, I think people should come off for real. You know, it sucks, but I think it, it adds a little bit more longevity to your, you know, overall life. 
I, I remember Matt Porter used to talk about that. He went off completely. He actually went like completely no bodybuilding for periods of time, you know, mm-hmm. no drugs, no training, uh, lowered his food drastically to just, you know, small portions. And Phil Viz does this too for like a good six, eight months out of the year. And then he, he starts his cycles up when he's getting ready for a show, like 16, 18 weeks out or whatnot. Um, there's something to be said mm-hmm. about that because he'll, I'll see his pictures or he'll send me pictures and he looks like an average guy, you know, 210. And yeah. then 10 no weeks kidding. later, he's two, yeah, he's like 225, 230, like, you know, shredded, full round and ready to compete in heavyweight class at, an, at a national level. Um, so there absolutely yeah. is something to be said about take, you know, maybe it's more the adrenal stress. Maybe it's, um, well, I don't know that it's probably multifactorial, but, uh, I think there's definitely, yeah, something to I think that. it's a lot yeah. of factors. Just, just. Most of us are just scared to, right? Like to actually yeah. take that, take the reverse plunge, I guess. Not not to plunge yourself with a plunger, but to actually not plunge uh, a needle into yourself for a certain amount of time. Well, I'm yeah, doing a pretty good job of it right now. To be honest, I'm not on. I'm not training. Okay. I'm eating once a day. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much mastered that for the last eight weeks. So, yeah. questions, let me know. Okay, good. <laughs> Mine so, is usually so, forced. Mine isn't voluntary. <laughs> no, do, you, do you have an injury now? Uh, I'm oh, psychologically damaged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Skips on today. Or do yeah. we all? <laughs> yeah. That's why we start bodybuilding, right? <laughs> yeah. No, everybody good. deals with shit. I got some shit and I'm dealing yeah. with it. So that's, that's the yeah. Cliff Notes version. All right, so All right. we got another one here. Question for the next show: Can a bikini competitor leverage HGH, or would multi-year use result in uh, overall physique change that wouldn't suit the division? Also, shout out to you for using the term leverage. Leveraging, I like that. Instead of using, it sounds just better. Like, can I leverage HGH? I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 so wait, the question is my wife asking. Who, who comp- no, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Yeah. So my wife who competed um, in between drug tested shows, I, I got to word this carefully, uh, in between drug tested shows, she would occasionally use growth hormone and uh, leverage one, uh, for sleep. Leverage. For, yeah. I leverage, leverage the growth hormone to improve sleep quality and get that nice youthful uh, skin texture. And uh, at one point, she was bigger than the bikini class allowed, but oh. wellness wasn't really there. So she would be like a very skinny figure competitor because mm. she competed in the WBPF, which again is a drug tested soda. So there was no growth hormone into the show, allegedly. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they would pose like figure competitors, but look in between a bikini and wellness. Yeah, it's a bit hard to say. So I would say that it's it has its place, uh, especially if you're a little bit older lady and you don't want to go hard on the Anavar or the Osterine or whatever drugs they recommend nowadays in the bikini class because there's some synergy there, you know? So I do think it's beneficial and whatever steroids you want to use as a bikini competitor, whether that's Proviron or DHEA or Anavar or Clem, you know, I think growth hormone can be a part of that. 1.2 units, two units. Um, just at one point, what I do notice is what with the women, they start to get more drawn, drawn faces because you get the lipolysis everywhere. And then the face looks a little bit drawn. And, you know, for the men, that's okay. You get that skull face, the, the Dorian Yates face. That's cool. But for the women, it doesn't look so nice. 
So you have to, at one point, I would say with the growth hormone, you would need to pull back if the face gets too drawn. Uh, that would be my recommendation. And I think that's more pronounced in the older demographic. I don't know if you guys see this or not. Um, I mean, I would assume that you that you do, but I know myself even. Um, the older I get, I am reminded that we are losing collagen from yeah. our skin. So the leaner mm -hmm. I get, I am far more. I mean, I was just comparing pictures the other day to when I was. Uh, it was after the junior essays in '09, and I took some hotel room photos, and it was surprising to me. Phil Heath is a good example of this too. And he could be very, very round faced, not pulled in John metal skull face or Skeletor face. Um, but yet, you know, he would obviously be in great condition. Arguably John was <laughs> clearly leaner and drier. Um, but at the same time, the older we get, we lose the collagen. We're going to get sharper edges. And I think that with women, if they're older, I think they have to be more careful of that as well because they're going to tend – the skin is just thinner. Without the collagen, the skin is just thinner. That's why it's funny when we talk about grainy. I don't want to get off on a, on a tangent here, but when we talk about grainy muscle, I always think that's funny because it really doesn't have anything to do with the muscle. It has to do with the fact that the skin is so thin. And that grainy term tends to be with a more of a veteran competitor. So to me, grainy really means you don't have the collagen. Your, thin, your skin is thinner as you get later into your 30s than it was in your 20s when it's thicker. It's Victor Martinez skin versus, say, you know, Branch Warren skin. <laughs> and yet people would say Branch Warren has, you know, he's grainy. Well, you know, it's a difference. Anyway, I did get off on a tangent. <laughs> a lot of the women will be doing, like all the bikini girls I know, you know, because obviously Rachel's a pro and we're friends with a lot of bikini pros. They all do collagen, Botox, yes. all the, the whole you know, they're on a regimen like every three months, oh, or yeah. months or something like that. I only see the credit card bills, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I digress. <laughs> but, uh, you know, honestly, I think growth hormone is probably the best compound of female bikini athlete. Well, a bikini athlete, I guess I don't need to throw in the word female, but a bikini athlete um, can take almost year round because it doesn't have the same, especially in the doses they're using, yeah. the same negative side effects of trying to use an Anivar or a Winstraw or one of the other PEDs that, you know, women will use getting into contest, uh, you know, during their contest cycle. So, I, I, you know, it's not uncommon for me to leave, you know, uh, one to two units of growth hormone in pretty much year round five days a week for bikini athletes. Yeah. I don't mm -hmm. see a, a yeah. problem with that. And I think you made a, you guys both mentioned the dosing. I think that's really the critical factor there too, is, you know, you're not, you don't need to do the four, eight, you know, it, you're not going there, but yeah, one, one, 1. 1.5, two units. I think that's great. Dude, you, you reminded me, I got off the collagen for a little while uh, just basically forgetting to take it, but I notice a huge difference in my skin. Skip, you should you should get some collagen yeah. if that's something you're you're thinking about. Like, put it this way, man. I got on it. My mom started using it. My mom started getting like people asking her like, "What are your what's your beauty regimen?" Then my sister saw her and she was like, "Holy shit!" She started using collagen. So. Go to True Nutrition, get the um, the uh, the beef collagen isolate. That's the that's what, or high. The, yeah, I have hydrolyzed. a jug of it sitting right over there on the counter because my wife. Remember, I asked you about it. My wife. Yeah, that's right. You know, wanted to to use it. So and it was so funny because she asked me about it and if I could get it, and I started explaining her what to get, and then of course, 
you know, my wife thinks that I don't fucking know anything. Like I'm the dumbest <laughs> fucking person <Yeah>. ever <laughs> when it comes to trade. It's just laughable. Too. Sometimes I just look, I'm like, I wouldn't come into your office and tell you how to manage property. So I don't understand why you act like I <laughs> yeah, don't fucking yeah. know what I'm talking about. But anyway, um, my thing is, is I don't care about, I, I like my face being drawn in quite frankly, when it is, I think I look younger than, uh, I look older when I'm fuller and fatter and when I'm leaner and pulled in, I think I look younger. So I don't have any problem with it. Be honest okay. with you. Well, now, for the connective tissue, that's at different. least then. At least the connective tissue. Yeah, yeah, for the that's the reason I use it anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. I use it, I think, for the last five years because I always got horrible response to whey protein. Now, a little bit of gas mm-hmm. and, and bloating. So I just cut that out. So I, I was looking into collagen protein. So I mix collagen with gelatin. Gelatin mm-hmm. uh, slows down the digestion of the collagen a little bit. So me and my wife were using that for five, six years. My wife towards the end of her competitive career. But she still got the drawn out face towards the end. Um, yeah. yeah, but of course, you know, we have to diet down. It's, you know, part of the game. Yeah. Did you guys ever do growth hormone loading at the end of a contest? I never had person though. No. No. What would you describe growth hormone loading as? So, so I did something with, like this with my bikini competitors and some of the men's physique and classic physique guys because a lot of times they really have to suck down and make weight, right? Especially classic mm-hmm. physique. And my wife as well, she was always weight. So you, you get them down a little bit more than is needed, you know, or to fit into a weight class. They only have maybe two or three days to load them up. And then the last day before the contest, I would load a little bit of growth hormone, depending on their blood glucose levels, might be six units, eight units. And it adds a level of aestheticness, a a level of roundness. Now, of course, it's not going to be as dramatic as, again, 10 milliliters of AMP or ATP blends, you know, uh, with heptaminol and whatever. Uh, That's mostly for the bodybuilders. Um, Bikini girls can't be heaving. You know, backstage, that kind of stuff. (laughs) You don't want to see that. Yeah, exactly. So I would load maybe six units of growth hormone the day before and then cut the water at a certain time. And I would add a level of, I don't know, like athleticness to the physique. Hmm. Um, that would really help. But again, this is in drug tested shows where yeah. you have to cycle off the clan and cycle off the steroids. So a little bit of fullness is lost towards the end because, you know, these drugs are metabolized from the body. And yeah, with, with growth hormone, WADA isn't really on top of that. So yeah. we would love that. Yeah. But it's well, something exactly worth looking into for the bikini. Yeah. For yeah. That's exactly what I do, especially with myself. If you got a taller, skinnier, mm-hmm. lankier guy like myself, uh, the GH loading, absolutely. And this is something I learned from Meadows. Hmm. Um, you know, he, yeah. because mm-hmm. he had to, he had to kill himself to make 212 and he lost all of his pop, all of his yeah. fullness. So he yeah. had pulled his growth hormone mm-hmm. at like three weeks out to continue to lose weight. Right. And then the day before a show, he would do like 36 units of uh, like a uh, <laughs> serostim or nototropin <laughs> or humotropin. A whole pen. And you, yeah. you see his whole body. Yo, he did a whole bottle, 36 unit, uh, the humotrope, and his body came back to life just Holy like shit. that. Yeah. yeah. So then we started yeah. doing it with me and the results were just dramatic. So I actually do it a lot of the times with my competitors too. Or if I, I have someone that. where they hold water with growth hormone, even yeah. when they're peeled, I'll pull it out like 10 days and then I'll, I'll, I'll load mm-hmm. it back in yeah, the night before the show. Yeah. yeah. With like 18 units of serostim or something. So yeah. All right, good. I love it. I got to mess with that. Shit. That's something I've never tried. What's the blood sugar? It, was it's, there, it's did you, rare. Do you know what it was? Most guys don't. 
Was Fletcher level speed. high? Is it, did you? I don't know if you monitored it or didn't monitor well, it. Do you remember? I was actually on a podcast talking about this yesterday. Do you guys remember? I told you how I did a bottle of Cero Stim a day for about forty days. Yes. Going into 20, 2020 universe, I checked my blood glucose and I was on seven hundred grams of carbs too. So uh, keep in mind, I was in a really depleted like I overdieted like crazy. And then you know Meadows is like, oh, we got to fix this, man. Anyway, so we added a bottle of growth in a day, set, bumped my food up, bumped my carbs up about four times what I was eating, and um, I went from like two thirty nine to two fifty four on stage or something like that. And I was testing my blood sugar because I was very concerned about that. And every day I was still waking up 78, 80. Mm, I think it went as high as like 84 towards the end to the point where I continued it post-show for like another, I want to say two to three weeks. And even then my blood sugar stayed pretty good. So, Okay, that's good. Did you eat like an asshole after the show or you were still? No, uh, I I never do. I never do. No, because, yeah, I don't look good when I do that. You know, I'm not one of these guys that can eat like eight free meals and just look 20 pounds better. You know, it's it's more so, (laughs) um, you know, I'll have like a meal on Saturday night and then maybe Sunday will graze a little bit and have like a nice dinner. And then Monday morning, it's I want to be back to my same pre-show weight, my my Thursday pre-show weight by like the Tuesday or Wednesday following a contest. So, hmm, so I'm starting with a clean slate. Yeah. All right. Yeah, next more question. Guys like that. We got uh, <laughs> Lake yeah. Giants. It yeah. says question for the next show. I convert highly to estrogen and need Arimidex even at TRT doses. I have gained access to legit Primo and I'm hoping to run it with my TRT to help control estrogen instead of ADEX. Can you guys recommend a ratio of test to Primo to start with my current TRT or cruise or whatever you want to call it is 30 milligrams a day of test sip that comes out to 210 milligrams of test sip per week. I like a one-to-one ratio. That yeah. being said, if he's on 210 test sip and he wants to stay within like a TRT range of anabolism, he would have to cut back his test and replace part of that with Primo. So you would maybe do 120 milligrams of test, 120 milligrams of Primo and get comparable anabolism out of that without the use of an aromatized inhibitor. And then four weeks, six weeks into that protocol, he would still need to do his blood work. Because again, everybody's different. You know, we didn't discuss the injection frequency um, or or the route of administration. He said he was taking every day. He did say he was injecting. Oh, every day, right? Every okay. day. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Thirty milligrams a day. Okay. So if he does it every day, um, you know, he might be able to take more tests than Primo. But again, it depends on his blood work. So he might do 150 tests and 100 Primo, or maybe he's a high aromatizer. He needs 125 tests and 150 Primo. But blood work will tell you. Um, what the best approach is. Now, I don't believe in this notion that, um, you know, aromatized inhibitors are the devil and nobody should ever take them um, because primabolin and masterone and, and, you know, boldenone and boldenone metabolites in the form of DHB, they act similarly as an aromatized inhibitor. They go into the aromatized enzyme and prevent the conversion of testosterone into estradiol temporarily. So they act as an aromatized inhibitor and still you know, give the same effect. Mm-hmm. Most of the side effects of aromatized inhibitors are directly linked to chronically low estradiol levels. And when you go through yes. all of the literature, you know, the hot flashes, the osteoporosis, the dry skin, the hair loss, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In all of those cases, yeah, sleeplessness, right? In all of those cases, it's super low estrogen, so that's single digit for weeks to months on end, 
because these women have breast cancer. And when you go into a, um, a TRT scenario where men use testosterone and arimidex or testosterone and aromacin, um, it seems to be very well tolerated. So, you know, I understand you don't want to take one drug, but you're going to have to put something in place to control estrogen. Now, of course, you're going to get more anabolism for your test and primo combination than test and arimidex, right? So. I understand it's it's kind of like a cop out nowadays. I don't want to use a Remedex, so I'm going to up the Primo yeah. or up the Masterone. Six hundred Primo. I don't need to take that. It's healthier. Yeah, <laughs> six hundred Primo to crush it down. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, one to one ratio is a good place to start, and then take it from there. I saw you comment, Andrew, um, in the feed. Uh, excuse me, on the YouTube page uh, with that comment. You had said something pretty similar to that, didn't you? Yeah, I can't disagree with anything that Steve said. All right, we got a skip question here. A um, couple of questions for Skip, skip for the next show. <laughs> he mentions um, in the TRT bodybuilding video that Humulin R taken intramuscular has the same timing as Humalog sub Q per Scott Stevenson. Uh, just wondering how uh, the how same they are in that aspect. Also, could he go into the skip loading history all the way to Zilla? I heard uh, on a show uh, years back, and it was a cool story. Well, if he's asking if, like, how close the comparison is with Humalog sub Q versus Humulin R or Novalin R, um, I am, I mean, it's close enough that it's it's not exactly the same but i mean it's pretty fucking close yeah. to the point where you know i've always said it it seems to be more of a i would say this to people instead of trying to get to run down humalog and again this is just my opinion you guys may feel differently about it but instead of trying to run down humalog get it shipped to you and hope that it was temperature controlled and it's not degraded or anything by the time it gets to you because when you go to a pharmacy and you just get a bottle of humilar it's the quality is good. The quality control, um, you know, whether you get it from Walmart or CVS or Walgreens or whatever, I'd rather do that, spend the extra money, get it knowing that the quality is good so that when I go to use it, it's not going to be, you know, potentially fucked up, degraded or, or different. So it's just easier. It's just more practical. Uh, and, you know, it's funny. It used, I used to be able to add that it was cheaper because... I mean, I, I just probably within the last three or four years, I had told a client, I'm like, you know, you can pick up a bottle of Novalin R if you want the generic for like $30 at a Walmart. They're like, no, it was $160. I'm like, what are you talking? So I went and checked. <laughs> and apparently along the line, I don't know if the makers of Novalin or whether it's Walmart or CVS, they got smart to the fact that bodybuilders are coming to get cheap <laughs> insulin. I don't know. But they changed it to only be like $20 less than Humulin. And in that case, then, you know, spend the extra $20 and get the human. But a bottle of Novalin went from 25 or $30 to 160 I thought that was pretty shitty. Oh, um, but outside of that, it just, it just I think it's more practical. You could still, you, I, I might have missed that. You can't get it for 25 bucks anymore? No, I can't find it. And it was because a client told me this just a few years ago. At Walmart. I think it was at Walmart. Yeah, yeah it was at Walmart. So and, Walmart has a special deal with with them. 
and they have like specifically the Novalin R is still it's still like twenty five thirty bucks. Oh no shit! Okay, well then I don't yeah. know what happened, but I maybe they went to a went different to pharmacy instead of Walmart. That could have been it. Yeah. Um, you got to go specifically to Walmart. Yeah, that's a Walmart. How many deal. units do you get for your uh, thirty? Is that like one bottle is three hundred units or a hundred units? Yeah, it's a, a ten milliliter bottle. So it's, yeah, it's a ten mil bottle. So a thousand um, units. Yeah, yeah, it'd be wow. so. Yeah, it'd be a thousand units. So. Yeah. I'll do you so one you, step further. You get, like, Why not just put it IM or uh, IV? Because you don't want to look like a junkie. That's why. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Way, way too there. advanced now. Yeah, it's too advanced uh, for this podcast. I'll give you a quick. Do one I use IV and then cardio? Well, be, when I back in the day, <laughs> when I you know before when I was young and I couldn't afford growth hormone, I was doing the peptide thing, right? And I didn't want to have to sit around and wait 30 minutes to eat after oh. injecting the GHRP or IPAM or, you know, the, the CJCs and whatnot. So I would just bottle it up and put it right in the IV and then I'd eat 15 minutes later. Oh because, God. you know, back wow. then I was on such a schedule where I had, you know, yeah. training clients in the gym. You know, I was training eight people a day and trying to fit my workout and my post-workout meal. So it was just a clusterfuck of trying to fit things in and trying to get a little bit of GH in there in between meals and in between training and whatnot. Um, yeah, I was doing the IV thing. I remember my buddy, one of my training clients walked in on me one time with like a needle sticking out of my vein. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like... It's not what it looks like, dude. Like I'm not strung out. Like I'm I'm putting yeah. some insulin in or, or some uh, yes. some 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 peptides. It's not in. no bane. It's definitely not yeah. no bane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I look old enough. I'm not gonna have an IV bag up on a pole yeah. and walk around <laughs> my apartment waiting to have dinner. It took <laughs> it took 15 oh, seconds. No. <laughs> now, you can only do this when you're old enough, too. By the way, it's not something you can do in the off season when you don't have the squiggles <laughs> all over your arms. All right, so yeah. uh, this yeah. is a question because I feel terrible that I, I didn't get this question on uh, drugs and stuff. So to uh, yeah, I'm going to put it here, and and um, really, it's just going to be a what I'm what I'm going with here is I just want to ask your preferences from each of you since we know that they're all the same. Um, he said in a previous episode you talked about sustenon and ethate and sipinate, but you never went into details. Tell us your preference of the three and why. So we'll just stick with just that question out of his uh, his post. I Do you have whatever I can get my hands on? Yeah. What, yeah was that, what was that, Steve? Right. Whatever I can get my hands on. So whether it's just yeah. the yeah. anathate or cypionate, if it's available yeah. and it's cheap, it's mine. <laughs> I like that. You know? Do you guys have anything else to add to that one? Not really. Not of no, not a value. <laughs> yeah, I'm what, just a what I, will say I don't know I, what it is. I, I've had bad luck with Ananthe early on years ago. Uh, there were also questions about the, at one point, it's maybe 10 years ago, there's questions about the Ananthe and the quality of it and shit like that. I don't know. Sip has always been, always done me well. Uh, I come from Southwest Michigan where Up John used to put out Sip and Eight and it was like the golden standard. You know Up, do you remember Up John? I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's without getting long-winded. I, I would go Sipinate over there. I'm not a big, big fan of the really long esters and sustenance. I'm not a big fan of long esters, period. Uh, Sipinate isn't terribly really? short, um, but I try to, I, you know, I'm not big on long, longer esters. I, I like the long esters. So everything I'm taking right now is test enanthate, methanolone enanthate, primo, nandrolone decanoate, and mastrone enanthate. And it's, uh, yeah, that, that's, 
all long esters. It seems to be that my body prefers the inotate ester. Um, and I know some people like propionate and acetate. I think it has to do with the enzymes that cleave off the the uh, the, the, the esters. The and then some people have yeah. more of the enzymes that are better for inotate and more for cypionate and vice versa for the shorter uh, esters. But I was always perfectly full and round and hard with minimal estrogen issues if I pin every other day or every day with these longer esters. And nowadays I do everything subcutaneously, which uh, I will make a video about soon. So I've done my last cycle of four months, everything sub-Q, and it worked just fine. Nice. It took forever yeah. for serum levels to peak. Yeah. And so first week, <laughs> first four weeks was like 800, and then 1,000, and then 1,200, and then 1,400 at the end, give or take. Hmm. And then, you know, so it took weeks for levels to come up, but the results were exactly the same. Hmm. So, you know, blood How's work says one thing. Oh, Sorry? Is there any irritation doing that repeatedly, sub -Q? No. No. So I rotated, obviously. So mostly along the glute area because that's the, the, you know, the least obvious area that you would see these injection sites. And I would limit it to like half a cc, maximum one cc per site per day. And then, yeah, it all went well. But again, it, the Bayer Testifier and the Bayer Remobolin, that's pharmaceutical. And then I have a guy that homebrews for me in grapeseed oil without benzoyl benzoate and benzoyl alcohol. So it's beautifully brewed and then passed through a Wattman filter twice. And with the, you know, the, the, the medium micron and then the super small micron. And, uh, and, and I blend it all together in a, in a sterile vial and you know a week's worth and it goes in like butter literally so I, I haven't had any issues yeah i was surprised because normally trt guys would do like you know 15 to 30 milligrams test sip or annotate so that's what 0 0.15 milliliters and uh, that that is their maximum dose but i did one milliliter per day and it actually went quite well hmm. yeah. i had issues at that yeah. high but i was also using stuff that had crazy solvents in it so that's probably yeah my answer I, I, why i avoid that yeah yeah. No more solvents. I learned my lesson the hard way. Hey, got some breaking news here. Breaking news. We got a update um, of this is where Nate Spear is right now. Oh, did, he, oh. did he literally just send just, this to you? Like 10 minutes ago. He's yeah. like, this, this season's be good. <laughs> he looks good, he looks especially like as gobs of trend. That's what I've heard. Remember gobs, gobs of trend. Yeah. Someone, yeah, someone posted like he knew like the cycles that we had him on. And I'm like, if God strike, God strike me down now. If I've ever had him do more than 450 milligrams of trend a week, and know? that's like, uh, yeah, I think pe people think that like Nate looks like this because we've loaded him up with drugs. Ever since we started, and he really hit the scene, people were like, oh, you're just you're just throwing all these massive drugs at him. I'm like, guys, take whatever you're running for your contest and probably subtract 200 milligrams of each dose, and that's what he's running. Okay, yeah, uh, he's yeah. just that good. And he, he works, he just works that hard, you know, yeah. um, but quads it's, have been something that he's been trying to bring up over the last, you know, year and a half. And um, I think he's done it. He looked brought up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really, it's <laughs> funny that like general population always thinks that, you know, you know, the pros run crazy drug cycles, but in reality, they're just super regimented and, and, you know, never miss workouts and meals and injections. Yeah. And then, you know, over the course of 10 years, 20 years, you actually look pretty good. Whereas I had mm -hmm. setbacks or I decided to travel for a year and you lose all your gains. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have another mm -hmm. setback after another setback and you start to hurt and all this stuff. And, and then you look average, you know, whereas yeah. these pros, that's all they do. 
and you can actually accomplish quite a lot, but you know, it's easier to say it's all drugs. All right. I've got one more important question for you guys from UC Suma glass versus plastic Tupperware hippie bullshit or does it matter? It's, it's not glass hippie bullshit. Healthier. Over it, the yeah, glass term, is healthier, right? but do I use glass every time? No, um, nope. I'm pretty lazy on that aspect actually. <laughs> yeah, me too. Do your steroids come in plastic? <laughs> there you go. That's a great, that's a great point. That's a go. great point. Yeah. yeah. It's all in glass. The ampules are glass. The valves are glass. It just preserves it better. Now, that being said, I do have my plastic water bottle here, so I'm sure um, uh, Evans and the Bonnie is cringing right now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the water that I get delivered here in Thailand is also in plastic. It's, it's unavoidable. You know, everything is in plastic at the grocery store and it's, it's very hard to really get away from it. And then, of course, there's, you know, cheap plastics with the, the stuff that really leaks into your food. And then there's more harder yeah. plastics, which don't seem to have that issue. You know, and there's certain microwave plastics that, like the ones you get from takeaway, the super thin plastic. And they put yeah. the Chinese foods in the microwave and then it, the, the plastic gets all soft and it shit. Melts so now you. the Chinese food yeah. is even worse. You know, yeah. it's already loaded with MSG and now it's, got, it's full with these plastics. Yeah, so I would go with glass, but um, and so it's such a hazard, you know, to clean all the glass all the time. Yeah. yeah, I got into glass when I was working my manual labor job, and I carried a cooler with me literally everywhere to all the stores I went to, and with like three or four meals in it, that got really heavy. But that said, <laughs> I got <laughs> so tired of the taste of eating yeah. uh, you're heating your food up in plastic because it changes the flavor and i just i yeah. started going to glass just simply for the flavor like i couldn't stomach eating chicken again especially like two day old chicken you know out of your plastic tupperware so that was me skip I you got a cat by your thing it was the sh- yeah i do you it's do? down here rubbing it yeah. grab, 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 it, it wasn't yeah, the glass and the plastic it was the shitty tasting chicken because chicken mm-hmm. tastes like shit Especially no matter how you, you guys know it chicken's good. You got to get good chicken. I cooked every meal fresh. Horrible. I cooked every yeah, meal same fresh here. every day. Yeah, I got after, it. After, after I years, became self-employed. Yeah. Yes. No way. And yes. after years of like lugging around Tupperware, yep. eating chicken that you cooked six days ago, it's like, <laughs> right. I, I can't be a bodybuilder anymore if I got to do this. So I go downstairs, like, I turn on the, the pan and I heat it up fresh every time. Yeah. Right. So all of us, like you, all you guys work from home, right? I mean, you, you do the podcast, you do coaching, you do collaborations and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I'm home 24 seven unless I go to the gym. Yeah. And then I cook all my meals fresh. And it's such a, yeah. I know it's so liberating after you mm-hmm. do that for decades, going to school where you bring all your Tupperware with you and then you go to work, you bring all your stuff. And then finally these electronic things come out that you can plug into your car so you can keep your food hot. You know, that was a thing for a while, but now that I'm self-employed, no, man, every meal is fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no yep. no Tupperware required. And at, at this point, I'm like kind of lazy. So if I do go out for a day, yeah. I don't even bring the Tupperware. I, I just well, don't it, want to do it. I'll, I'll mix something together, freestyle at one of the restaurants. And then, I forget uh, how to yeah, do get it. My protein how do, how do, how do, I forget how to leave the house with like a, a meal bag like I used to every day. Because <laughs> yeah. I prepared my meals the night before and I packed them up in the fridge. And then just, you know, when I used to, yeah. to go to work, 
Yeah. And now, like when I'm like when I'm gonna be out for like four hours, and I'm like, oh, if I just ate now, I'm gonna have to eat again. And so I gotta bring something. And then it's like, what oh, do shit, I, I gotta cook in? something really quick? Or, yeah. or I do what Steve did. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll find yeah. that place has good chicken breast, and then the place next to it has just plain <laughs> rice, so I can make a meal out of doing that. Yeah, I'm like that. Now. Right. Yeah, you gotta be a little bit flexible, you know, unless you're really like four weeks out for a show. Yeah, or yeah. Eight weeks, that's depending different. on how long, you know. Yeah. Then you, they really gotta grind it down. But I think the majority of the year, you know, you get so much experience with your body, what you can and can't do. And then uh, oh, the cats are really going for it, huh? God, I'm trying to move here. And get, I don't get, want to how many cats my fucking skip, chair and everything else. <laughs> skip, Man. how many cats do you have? One. <laughs> no way no i have i have I, five yeah. i have five, five. In, i was just gonna ask you in my defense i have many. three daughters who brought home one each otherwise i would have two uh-huh and you had that big one right as a savannah kit i do i have savannah an f2 cat? savannah and i have a um bengal and then the other three are oh wow cats which is funny because you know oh, those cats. You're in cat. Those are expensive cats. Yeah. But I have a mud yeah. cat who had who was three hours from death a year ago. You guys remember me talking about? It. And he ended up costing mm-hmm. more than the other two cats combined. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. <laughs> uh, the medical bills. Yeah, dude. Yeah. The medical bills sometimes are uh, are insane. But you know, what are you going to do? You're going to let them go? No way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three hours. I, yeah. I call my wife. I'm like, tell yeah. me you can get. You can get Thor to the. To, I can't do it. I can't. We're gonna have somebody come over and euthanize him. Uh, like I can't oh, do it. No. I fucking cannot. My guilt. It was ripping no. me apart. And then a year, fifteen. It's been fifteen months. Knock on wood, and he's doing great. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, what, what ended up happening? Did he get a sickness or? You know what it is. Is um, male cats will will have a. They're more likely to have UTIs, bladder infections, things like that, mm-hmm. because they're opening. For their urethra is so much smaller so he was he was so he had so such bad sediment in his bladder that they couldn't even centrifugally like they couldn't read it once they centrifuge it and so we had two surgeries where they went in to clean him all out and everything else and then the other surgery that was going to cost over ten thousand dollars which we haven't had to do yet is where they reroute Mm -hmm. the urethra to a different hole to make it bigger, but it's only 50% Ooh. likely that it'll yeah. work. And I'm like, that's 10 grand for 50% likelihood. And he hasn't, we haven't had to make that decision yet, but I'm just, I'm just like that with it. You guys are too, though, with your animals. You're like, oh, you yeah. know what? They're our family. Somebody without an animal would think, oh, that's 10. I'll blow 10 grand on some other stupid fucking oh, shit that I don't need. <laughs> so <laughs> it might as well be yeah. on a fucking cat so that I don't feel horrible. And he's the most awesome, sweetest of all five of the cats right. so i'll stop there yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i don't want to but i'm gonna stop there so steve yeah, so that's why you're off cycle now you're you don't have yeah. money for gh anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, plus i'm off cycle i'm a little more emotional so don't get me started <laughs> yeah okay 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 I, i'll bring you some arimidex when i come right. to the states <laughs> and that's what i was i was going to ask you about that steve so you mentioned you were loading up all the sub q gear i assume this is for the yeah. olympia cycle uh, how much? Yeah. Uh, how many pounds of muscle do you plan to gain by December when I see you in uh, Las Vegas? I, I think it'll be two thirty with abs. Two thirty with not, abs. Not with abs. Yeah, not with veins on my abs, but decent abs. It'll yeah. be good. It'll be good, man. I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing you I, out I, there. I, you know, my problem is always when I go on holiday, I eat. Yeah, like all the cool stuff. 
because you know you come to the states you want to go to the pepper mill and and whatever buffet and and this and that and so i don't want to be too geared up because then you start to hold water and then by the time it's the olympia i'll be a water balloon yeah so i'll probably run like 500 milligrams of gear and and i might pull the gh like three weeks before and you know and then you got to load and load the night before the show. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't bring anything into the states. I'm 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 mortified to bring anything into the United States. Um, yeah, well, because you just got to have you know, a connection over here that, that has something waiting for you. There you go. I, yeah. I might have I might have somebody waiting for me with a care package as soon as exactly. I land in LA. Perfect. Nobody, nobody's, nobody, oh, you're nobody works at uh, Harry no Reid Airport, right? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. is that Las Vegas? Here's the DEA <laughs> in LA right now. Like, like, yeah. Okay, yeah. Time. Yeah. We're looking for him in here. He's going to be 230 pounds with veins. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 I arrive on November the 28th. <laughs> there, you the <laughs> there you go. The twenty ninth. There you go. I'll try. I like try to look um, uh, presentable. Let's put it that way. Oh, well, I, regardless, I look forward to, to meeting you out there in person for the first time. Absolutely. Are uh, Andrew yeah. and Skip? Are you guys considering going to the Olympia this year? Not sure. Yet. No, not no. I got too much. I'm going to be in Milwaukee with the kids for two weeks. Mm. Uh, it's like right at Christmas. Long Christmas. I'll probably be yeah. moving down to Florida then. So mm. I'm trying to get that oh, set up. Yeah. Oh. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Everybody's moving there, huh? Yeah, you're next. Yeah, they heard. They it's heard just... I was here. You know how it is. I, I Notice how I just chose to go on so the west coast years. instead of the like, east, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know the west side of the state. Yeah, where all yeah. them white people are, where them crackers are over on the left side <laughs> and, the, and the west side. Whoa! Can I say Whoa. cracker? I don't know if that's politically correct. That might be something else. Like it's kind of like if you're like a black guy saying the n word about each other. I think it's kind of like one of those things. Right? You can do it. Probably, probably, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so, now we're gonna so get far away from this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's big right, over here in the state, today, but you got to yeah. be careful. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'll keep my mouth shut. I'll just listen. Yeah. I have one training question for Steve from one of my followers. Yeah. If uh, yeah, you got a sure. quick second for yeah, that. Yeah, of course. I think sure. you're trying to wrap up. But, uh, um, this is from no, Weight Room Poppy. One of, my, uh, one of my clients actually coaches him. He's doing nationals. He, and this is actually a training question. So kind of switching gears. Mm -hmm. What's the dumbest advice regarding training you have ever heard? Man, there's so much. I know it's hard. To it's going to sit through a lot. So much. I mean, it's 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 usually those guys that that are married to the bench squat and deadlift. Um, I would say that that's bad advice because you know, yes, you have to kind of get started and learn your body and learn how to contract against you know gravity with those big three. But if bench doesn't work for you, don't do it. I mean, I tore my pec seven, eight years ago, or maybe ten years ago, a long time. Unracking 315, so that's three plates, and my elbow slipped, and I got a micro tear, and I racked it, and that was the last time I benched, mm -hmm. you know, and I was going for like a six reps on that set, and the squats I haven't done in a long time, and deadlifts I, you know, I grew my back on deadlifts, but I haven't done that in a long time as well. So people that say, I need to bring your legs up, you need to do squats, I think you can bring your legs up with a multitude of exercises. You don't have to get married to the exercises. I think that's 
you know, usually the, the powerlifter advice, oh, you need to do squats. But I've seen so many guys move away from squats and then improve their lower back. And then, you know, they get the same stuff done with, uh, you know, medium range leg presses and, and a quarter rep hack squats and their, and their legs are huge. So you, you go with what works. That's why bodybuilding is so much fun. And it might mean that your workouts look horrendous. Like, uh, what was his name? Um, the, the, the Korean guy that would do like quarter reps with everything. Um, he's got steel supplements. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Steel supplements. I know who you're talking about. So he would do like partials in that ideal range, and it looked super silly, you know, with the YouTube videos that he posted. But yeah. it worked. He was huge, you know? Oh, yeah. So it did. Yeah, it might not look uh, Instagram friendly, but again, if you do exercises that work for you, like I do all kinds of crazy stuff and I get a great contraction and then you post it online and people are like, what the hell is this? Yeah. So, you know, it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would say don't get married to the exercises unless the, the exercises clearly work. And then, uh, yeah, you keep doing them until they don't work anymore. Eric said Jason Ha. Was that who it was? Yeah, Jason Ha. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, he was a freak. Yeah. He was a freak. Yeah, it was. All right. Was. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Steve, it was awesome to have you on the show, man. I think you've been on almost Thank all you. of our programmings now, except for uh, yeah. it's just bodybuilding. That's the only place you have not been yet. So we'll I, have I to. Gotta turn, I think I got to turn pro first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, we're happy to have you, man. And um, yeah, you. this is this is cool. Guys, if you want to go check out Vigorous Steve, I'll have links to that, links to him down below. Uh, links to your website, links to uh, your YouTube page. And uh, like like you had mentioned too, Andrew, um, Steve has a great Instagram page too with a lot of good reels. That's cool because you take like just really good little clips um, from your longer videos and you just kind of sum it up right. in that 60 second segment. We got to get better at that. I just don't have the time to be pulling all these clips, but it you takes, do an awesome job at that. It takes a lot of time, yeah. Yeah, but I have, I have guys that help me with that. So I employ people. You know, when you're on YouTube, you, you can't do everything by yourself. So I employ my wife. I employ a friend of mine, her brother. I got a, a videographer. And, you know, you just got to expand or die, basically. So at that's one my point, next step. Scott, that's my next you got to hire yes. some staff. You know, put put your wife on the, on the the you know, on the roster. I wish you I could. Minimum She's wage. busier than I am, you know? <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah. She's an actual professional. Then, uh, yeah. Yeah. She's like yeah. a real academic. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. So so maybe, yeah, you get one of the fans to do it. You know, here's here's a job opening for uh, to work with Scott, if you like. Think big. Yeah, We've talked about it. I've talked to... Editing. Yeah, I put it on, on our Patreon. I, I think we've got somebody who's going to be right. able to help with that stuff. So we're that's the next okay, step. Yeah. I appreciate it very much. That's and how guys, you recruit, you know. Go to uh, teamskip.com if you want to get some coaching from Skip. He can help you out over there. And uh, go to bodyberry.com if you want to get some coaching from Andrew. McNallyDiets at gmail.com. Myself, I already mentioned all of our sponsors at the beginning of the show. We appreciate you guys watching for another episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear with Skip Hill. Andrew Barry and our special guest vigorous Steve guys we will see you soon thanks all right, that was cool. all right.